welcome to another chapter podcast with your hosts, Claire and Rebecca. Do you love books? Well, you've come to the right place. Join us as we discuss all things books. Welcome to chapter two of season two of Another Chapter, the podcast. So Claire, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, delighted with the response to us being back. Everyone was so yeah. happy to see us. It was lovely. Thank you so much. It was really nice to see all the messages and people sharing that they're delighted that we're back. It, it was quite happening. Yeah. And the shorter episode went down really well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I think and I think like for me at the moment, it fits in like feed the baby, run upstairs, record an episode, (laughs) run back down, record the episode, run downstairs, make dinner. (laughs) Exactly. And like we as we kind of said that day, this is like kind of the plan going forward that these little chatty episodes will be nice and short, hopefully. And then our interview episodes will be the longer ones, you know, all All going to plan. It seemed very excited about our February reading along as well, I have to say. Everybody seems to Delight. love it. And we're actually getting great messages from people about it. Um, yeah. It's been really, really cosy and just an overall feel-good book with deeper yeah. themes running throughout. Um, it's Last Chance in Paris by Linda Marin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That is not a Jodie Picoult, Pico... Uh, mispronunciation yeah. by me. Um, we could ask. We can ask Linda. I'm sure at the launch <laughs> and yeah. get it right before the read along yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the book. Yeah, same. And I and it seems a little bit different to the other read along books we've had as well. Like to some degree. Yeah. Um, which is which is great as well. Obviously, we don't want to be too samey, and you know, sometimes if books are kind of within the same genre you'd be worried it's too similar to something we've read along already with. Yeah. But this seems a bit different. Um, and in a very nice turn of events, it, the book is being launched in, in Cork, Cork as well, which is amazing. <laughs> so Claire, we're going to have a very quick chat about our 2023 kind of roundup, favourite books, yeah. how what our reading habits were like. So yeah, do you want to do you want to get started? Tell us what your your twenty twenty three looks like reading wise. Oh, mine was a bit of a disaster because all of my mental capacity was not there when it came to reading. Um, which was a great year to launch a podcast about reading books. I have to say, like, the pressure was not on whatsoever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it was it was good. Like I'm just taking a look here at my favorites that I had kind of narrowed down. And all of my my top three books were from the first half of the year. So I started out strong and then it obviously dwindled as things progressed for me. But yeah, we'll say that you just started on such a high note that the rest of the year couldn't compete. Yes. You just. Insane. Top try. I had some really lovely reads towards the end of the year as well. Like Snowed In by Catherine Walsh. Okay. I really, really love that. Yeah. You can't go wrong with with Catherine Walsh, in fairness. There's just. 
I nice books. The banter in her books. They're just like yeah. top notch. Yeah. You can really imagine yourself in these people. I think we've said before that but Catherine Walsh writes like the interactions between people really well, like family interactions, romantic interactions. Yeah, yeah just the as you said, like the, the banter and the the sarcasm. The chats between people. Yeah. I love green <laughs> sarcasm. I just think it can be beaten. So my top three books this year were The Stranding, The Last Life Boat and Fourth Wing. All very different books. Yes. Very different books. Extremely different books. So The Stranding basically is kind of a technically a post-apocalyptic story. Would I be correct in saying yeah. that? Um, yeah. Where this girl basically moves to from England to New Zealand because it's like she knows that the end, they all know that the end of the world is imminent. Or there's some event. Yeah. Yeah. So they all know that. It's very vague. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So they all know that something big is coming and she decides that life is too short. She packs up and she moves to New Zealand and she finds a dead whale stranded on a beach and something happens and she decides to climb into the whale in order to survive and yeah the book follows what happens after that then which was an it's an unusual concept it's it's such a strange concept and I definitely I remember when I was seeing things about this before I read it and I misunderstood what the whole whale thing was and I thought it was a live whale and that this person climbed into the okay. whale and was like traveling around inside in the whale, like uh, that Bible story. <laughs> and then read it, and in fairness, the, <laughs> as weird as both, <laughs> the actual story makes a bit more Very sense good. in the context. No one, no one, the whale. Oh, that's a band. Sorry, I'm totally. That's <laughs> Jonah the whale. <laughs> yeah, no one, the whale. That's a good band. Yeah, I like their music actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. And that one then I had recommended someone recently when they were asking me what to pick up and they just found it very odd as a concept and couldn't get into it. Yeah. Which I found was a bit weird because I was like, oh, it's so good if you stick with it and just, yeah. you know. And the thing is, that person could, you see, if that person potentially could pick up that book in three months and just be in a different mindset, mm. in a different mood and absolutely could love the book. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you yeah. need to give a book that maybe is a bit more unusual a second chance or it could just be a mood yeah. thing. So hopefully, because it is yeah. a great book, I think everybody, like everybody who read that book on Bookstagram anyway, loved, loved it. it. Loved it. And I remember when I saw everybody loving it and I was like, how like how could you love a book about like a whale or something like that? I yeah. in my head, I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going. Yeah. But it was fine. Um, the other book then I had three top books the second one was The Last Lifeboat by Hazel Gaynor and we had her on for an interview and she was fab yeah um, and this one we got sent out advanced I got we both got sent out advanced copies didn't we? Oh, we did we did we did yeah um, and that is about the children evacuees from England during World War 2 when they were assuming that um, they were going to be bombed or occupied by Nazi Germany and people were volunteering to be chaperones for these children and they were going to Canada or America or somewhere and um, we followed two women in this we've got Lily who is a mother and then we have Alice am I right? I think I so. to think yeah. of these characters in 
Alice then um, is the chaperone and Lily decides to evacuate her kids because she thinks that it's the best thing for them. And Alice is the woman that is evacuate is chaperoning them and the boat is hit by a torpedo and the ship goes down and they are the last lifeboat that survives. So they are yeah. so they were stuck at sea for eight days. And we get a mixture in that story of what it's like at home in England on the ship when they're like before they've been torpedoed and what it's like in the lifeboat when they basically don't know if anyone is coming to save them. Yes. Yeah. And that won my top top book of the year because I remember I was in a huge reading slump and I picked it up and I read it I'd say in 24 hours and I cried my eyes out. It really, really tugged at my heartstrings. I don't think you could possibly read this book and not feel it. Yeah. Very similar to, very to one of my top thing. ones as well, where like that I read it in a very short amount of time in the end and the emotional impact of it. So Fourth Wing, Ben, if people don't know what yes. Fourth Wing is about at this stage. <laughs> Do we need to go into that Fourth Wing? God almighty, that was a good one. Um, again, took me totally by surprise. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Fourth Wing is um, a fantasy story a romanticy is what they're calling it romance and fantasy combined um and we have violet sarangale i'm hoping i'm pronouncing her name right and she is a cadet at a war college i'm not even going to try and say the names because i don't want to make yeah. fun of myself <laughs> and then and just basically the the I keep saying that just basically and she essentially has to survive her first year at this college yes and it is extremely interesting there's dragons there's magical things and there's so much in this that is more than what meets the eye I think the world building and the character building are brilliant yeah that's it. Is I, you get so immersed in it. When I read the last section of this book, there was a there was a storm here at home. Right. So there you had fierce, sorry, you had fierce thunder and lightning in your house. I have no recollection of and this. We had yeah. had it yet. Yeah. So you were saying that you had fierce thunder and lightning, and there was a kind of a warning for a storm. And I was like, oh God, you know, this book is getting really good. And I, you know, I was charging up things like. To, 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 I was charging up things to make sure that I had like a torch just in case or whatever because it was really, really dark too. And I went to the shop. I got in the car. I just made a decision. I was going to the shop. Yeah. I bought popcorn. I bought loads of goodies to finish reading the book. And I'll never forget like when I was coming up to like the big climax at the end, the thunder oh, was wow. rolling and the lightning <laughs> was flashing out. And there I was at my toffee popcorn just being like, this is so cinematic. <laughs> it was brilliant. A totally but, immersive yeah, experience. Like, so, 100%. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was just, it felt very sensory. A ve- like, a, it felt possible. It felt like a, a, a sensory experience. Yeah. If that makes sense. Love yeah. it. You're, yeah, that, like that. And yeah. that's such a brilliant memory to have of reading it as well. Like the whole experience of it, not it just is. the book itself. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So there, they were my, my top three. The Last Lifeboat is the, the number one. Yeah. And it's so hard, like, because there were books that I really loved. Um, like there was two books in particular that I that I had as, as my kind of most fun. Um, there was a Tessa Bailey 
one um, unfortunately yours yeah. and the adventures of Amina al-Sarafi which is also fantasy actually and I think you'd really enjoy it right. but it's one that every time I think now of kind of fantasy or different books in terms of the genres I usually read that immediately comes to mind and anyone I know who's read it which isn't that many people but anyone I do know has has loved it as well so that's always a good sign okay and if you think about it and I was only thinking about this earlier when I was wondering like what we were going to talk about <laughs> but when you think about it um, like all of our childhoods were were raised on stories of like fantasy like Stephen yeah, Eugene, actually, Eugene, yeah. all of these things and then all of a sudden you get to a stage where people don't always appreciate fantasy as a genre in books and that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, it yeah. just kind of got me thinking, like, when do, when does it stop being okay? Well, and I mean, I'm p- putting, like, inverted commas around this, but, like, when do we kind of say, okay, I'm not going to read that kind of stuff anymore? When yeah. that's what, essentially, is what starts our love of storytelling and of reading. Like, that's what brings us into this yeah. whole fictional world. And then we suddenly close the door on that and expect something else from it. Maybe, maybe it is. Now, you know, you've got me thinking about it now. Maybe it's just some unconscious connection in our minds between fantasy stories and kind of childish, you know, as in that yeah. those stories must be more childish or something. But as we've both seen, they're not like for <laughs> you, definitely Ooh. wouldn't be giving fourth wing to anyone that was below a certain age. Um, oh. <laughs> absolutely not, <laughs> but yeah, it's. That's that's a really interesting question, actually. It, it, it's something we could pose to our yeah. readers. Readers? No. Something we could pose to it's our listeners. Good. Yeah. It would be something worth posing to people, definitely. Yeah. It's made me more open-minded to the genre, definitely, going forward. Like, so far, I have read three books in 2024, and two of them have been fantasy. Oh, there you go. I'm stuck yeah. in two fantasy series now at the moment, and, like, I was explaining it to my partner last night about the whole basis of one of the series and he was just looking at me kind of being like okay it sounds interesting but it sounds totally bizarre too and you just have to embrace the bizarreness and yeah but I am really enjoying it and I find that it is nearly a bigger escape it is a, a deeper escape than fiction that's not fantasy if that makes sense. I suppose because there is more buy-in to the plots. There's more more buy-in yeah. to certain types of characters existing, certain events happening. And it's, it's interesting because I was talking to a friend of mine um, and she's living in Canada, a very good friend of mine, and she is reading away bits and pieces herself. Like she's always saying that she'd love to read more, but I was telling her that I had started the... Court of Thorns and Roses series and she was saying that there's been so many random people that she knows have been recommending this and it sounds like yeah. something that she wouldn't be into and I was saying when someone explained it to me before I was like I don't know if this is for me but you just yeah. get totally ghost. <laughs> well she's going to give it a shot. Ah that's brilliant and that's the thing even yeah. if she gives it a shot and doesn't love it the fact she's tried it and then can definitively say look I tried it that was not for me. That's fair enough. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. I suppose, the, the writing off of it as a genre without trying it, which we've both probably been guilty of in the past, is not fair because there are so many yeah. fabulous books. Like, 
that's it and historical fiction was a big one for me this year like that I, I feel like yeah. I picked it up and enjoyed it and appreciated it properly for the first time last year not this year sorry um, <laughs> and Hazel Gaynor's last, The Last Lifeboat was my favourite book of last year um, and I mean, you again wouldn't usually pick up historical fiction would you not so I would gra- it, I would gravitate towards that now over a lot of other genres for some reason yeah I suppose before I joined Bookstagram, I really, really leaned into like crime writing and thrillers. Yeah. They were my go-to thing. Like if there was any new book out in that area, I'd always pick it up. But I think like Bookstagram has absolutely encouraged me to broaden my my horizons that way. It's it's made me kind of try new things, I suppose. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a thriller. There wasn't any thriller that made my top six. Just looking, just looking just at my top ten, same. None of them could be classified as a thriller. None. Yeah. Which would actually have been my go-to up to four or five years ago as well. Like, yeah, I think um, I find that very interesting because it shows how how much I've stepped out of my comfort yeah. zone. And how much there is out there that is so worth reading if we give it the chance. Yes. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And what were your... My top three were, again, ones that I probably would not have picked up picked up only for Bookstagram. It, it, mm-hmm. it took me a while to narrow down. I'd actually probably have to go my top four because... I, I struggled between three and four and one and two, but my, okay. my number three and four, and I haven't specified which is which, but The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell, which was the one we were recommended by Rosemary oh, McCabe yeah. on the podcast. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Very much kind of slight Project Hail Mary vibes, which obviously I have never spoken about on the podcast yeah. before. And... <laughs> Um, yes. but more more about uh, more just people focused but again it's kind of set there's a certain amount of it set in space it's kind of speculative and there's a religious element to it which is not something I would necessarily be drawn towards but it works very very well in this mm-hmm. um, just very different to anything else I read last year but that, that book is out with a good while um, my other top three slash four is Prophet Song by Paul Lynch which was the Booker Prize oh, winner yeah. which was like if you you know some books are just like getting punched in the gut you know you just feel yeah. absolutely winded after reading them that was it I actually started it back in August and I read the first chapter chapters are quite long there's only about nine or ten chapters in it read the first chapter got distracted yeah. by lots of other books through no fault of this book and then there was a body read of it um, a few months later, I think it was October, picked it up again and ended up reading most of the rest of the book in 24 hours. I could not put it down. I was literally, I was sitting up here at two o'clock in the morning, I think, finishing it. It's, yeah, it's, it, there's just constant tension. Um, really, Can I ask you? Yeah. So I've seen that it's semi-dystopian or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Can you can you give information about this book without giving it away? Yeah, or is yeah. That so, and actually, funnily enough, from our point of view, like it opens with a man who is one of the head honchos in the Teachers Union of Ireland being taken in by this new um, kind of police, kind of secret police almost 
set up by the government and he's being brought in for basically rousing people against the government through his work oh, in right, the union. Okay. Um, and the story then centres on, so I think his name is Larry, if my memory serves me right, the story then centres on his wife and family and the fallout of him basically being taken away. The fallout okay. of her coping with figuring out where he's gone and the fallout of this new kind of really strict government coming in. Not even strict government, okay. but this strict kind of regime under the government coming in where anybody who talks out against them is brought in. Um, it was actually very eerie reading because this book was talking about aid corridors being opened, like brief windows where people were being left out of the city, um, fighting. with Like there was actually too much in it that was so true to life yeah. still now. Um, it was it was very haunting in that regard. And then obviously there's quite a lot that happens in it that is like, oh my God, I can't believe, I can't believe that. Um, so there's that. Like I still feel like we, when I think about that book, um, very deserved okay. Booker winner, I would say. And then my top two were In Memoriam by Alice Wynn, which is about two young men who meet as boys in boarding school. They forge a bond and then they end up having to go off to war and the impact that has on the two of them and their relationship. It is a beautiful book, um, but quite sad. And How to Build a Boat by Elaine Feeney, which was also in the Booker long list. Yes. Um, about a, a boy who is coping with the death of his mother and moving to a new school, a couple of teachers that are working with him his dad and kind of how they're all kind of their lives converge through this boy and this journey he's on to kind of build a boat to get closer to the memory of his mom is the best way I can describe it so so we were saying in our first episode that we're going to finish out all of our episodes by asking each other what we are currently reading yeah. Very good. Um, so what are you reading at the moment, Claire? I have finished, oh God, okay. So I just finished reading The Hobbit um, as part of a group of us that are doing a buddy read on The Lord of the Rings, which I've never read before. Yes. I was a little bit intimidated yep. by it and there was a lot of singing involved in it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. I just, I don't think I was expecting there to be as much Singing. The Hobbit was great fun. Yeah. The Hobbit was great fun. It was, yeah. it was good. So I don't know what's ahead of me yeah. with the rest of it. We did watch the movies. The rest of it's a bit more serious. Like The Hobbit is is a bit you can not you can tell it's like a child story originally, but it definitely has that vibe compared to the yes, yeah, the main books. We'll say, but like the the storytelling is very similar and like same kind of creatures and same world. Yeah, yeah. and so. I listened to that in our film. I did like that um, because it felt like a story, you know, it felt like, yeah, you know, you were lying in bed and someone was telling you a bedtime story. So it was, it was cool that way. Yeah. Um, and I just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. And I've just started the second book in that series, which is A Court of Mist and Fury. I'm not very far into it. I just started it last night. But yeah, it's good. I thought that I'd find it very confusing to be reading two um fantasy series at the same time but it's it's actually not they're very different to each other I yeah. suppose as well yeah 
yeah, they are. They're extremely different to each other, but they're both good in their own right. I'm really, I, I didn't think I'd get into uh, the Sarah J Mass books as much as what I have done. Um, yeah, I'm very pleasantly surprised in my experience of it. Good, same. I just, I finished the first in the Th- Throne of Glass series, her yeah. first series of books. I finished the first one on audio the other day and really, really enjoyed it. I the second one lined up already, but went with something else on audio in between just to kind of as a as a palate cleanser. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that as well. So I'm I'm well geared up and I'm actually glad because as as is typical with me, I knew it was a series, but I didn't realise how much of a series. It's an eight <laughs> book series. This is like getting into fourth wing and realising there's actually five books planned and me going, I just want everything to be done in two books. Thanks very much. Um, While while also not wanting it to be over at the same time. Um, But at least the Throne of Glass one, the the series is done. All eight books are out. So I can fly through them, hopefully. I've seen people online asking what order to read different books from different series in. So I don't know, do they all cross over at some point? Well, I've seen someone saying that the series you're reading now, which was a later series to read that first, then Throne of Glass, there is a book coming out at the end of this month from her. I think it's Crescent City is the series. It's a trilogy and it's the third in the trilogy. Okay. Trilogy. Um, I know nothing about those books, but she has loads of books. She has yeah. loads of books. So we have we have plenty reading ahead of us. We could read nothing but Sarah J. Mass for the year and <laughs> still have, you know, a lot have plenty of books. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm also reading Sam Blake's new book, um, Three Little oh, Birds, yeah. which is a thriller. I may, I got to go to the launch of that there last week, which was lovely. Um, a very enjoyable evening. Again, yet, yet again, seeing all how the Irish writer scene, they're so good to support each other, especially yes. the crime writers. You had like Andrea Mara was doing kind of the, the interviewing Catherine Howard was there. You know, there was there was a lot yeah. of you could see people were there kind of supporting each other. And I'm also doing a body read of The Goldfinch, which I need to get back into, plus Lord of the Rings body read, plus Stephen King body read, which started today as well. Um don't ask me where I'm getting the time to read slash listen to all these books. That's very important. Considering my commute to work now is only about twenty minutes. I don't <laughs> I don't exactly have loads of time. But Headphones on yeah, when I'm home and right ignore home. the kids is kind of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's your 2024 <laughs> New Year's resolution. Ignore the children and break them up. I started reading on audio there the Blue Zones of Happiness. I don't know if you heard no, about Blue Zones. No. They're the happiest places in the world. Right. Scientifically, like, did you know? Yeah. So like, this, like literal um, geographical places, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think so. Well, like, there's a couple of places in the world that are blue right. zones where people are happier, they live longer. And this guy has gone and done an awful lot of research on it. And there's a test and everything that you can do to see like where your levels of happiness lie. Oh, wow. So you can see whether, like what areas in your life you need to focus more on to bring that happiness okay. up. So like your sense of purpose or, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, so I, I started that, was it yesterday or the day before? It's nonfiction um, and it's very, very interesting. I always enjoy reading something like this at the start of the year because it makes me focus a little bit on myself I suppose and what I want to 
enhance or improve. I don't know whether they're the right words, but a bit more introspective than losing yourself in a book. Like it, it allows me to yeah. take stock and consider what my priorities are. And it's in the back of your head then for the year as well. You know, when you're doing things, you're able to think, yeah. oh yeah, that ties back to this. Or yeah, and there are nine, nine tips that they had at the start, towards the start of the book for like living a longer life and a happier life. And one of them was to have one to two glasses of wine a day, um, either with friends or with dinner. And Love it. you're not allowed to save them up and have them all on a Saturday. But I was like, Do you know what? I couldn't no drink. I couldn't drink seven to 14 glasses of wine now. Uh, in one day anyway <laughs> so I'd quite happily oh, space yeah. out <laughs> I thought you were going to say you couldn't drink seven glasses of wine no. ever and I was like oh that's wine <laughs> you're drinking wrong wine <laughs> yeah that's very interesting yeah it's interesting it, look, it looks like, like people's sense of community and their their values in life so whether you spend an awful lot of time at work and if you're happy to do that compared to someone who spends an awful lot of time at work and isn't yeah. happy you know yeah. that people's priorities are different yeah it's it's, cool. it's interesting and how did you come across that book now um i actually had it saved from ages ago as one that i had found interesting okay. and then when i was kind of going what will i read in between the hobbit and lord of the rings i said i'd take a look at that one very good yes. so i think shinae we've we've covered touched on our 2023 reading we have a little chat, yes. had a little chat about kind of our, our current reading and also congrats to our winner um, of our competition. We had loads of interest in it, which was lovely. Uh, Joanna oh, really? Fitzgerald won all of those 10 books and they will be going off to her ASAP. This is lovely chatting, Claire, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Slán. Slán. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Another Chapter Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share to keep the book conversation going. Thank you to Helen Becerra for the graphics, Mark Neville for the mixing and to each of our contributors. Music is Make It Work by All Good Folks. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Another Chapter Podcast. We'll see you there.